Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. Well, friends, holy smokes, this is like so official. Um, I feel more holy standing behind it. Um, I got to tell you, being a Foursquare District Supervisor, uh, one of my favorite moments was uh, showing up here on Friday and watching some of the students here at Cornerstone playing Foursquare on the Foursquare Foursquares. That was amazing. And I just want to give a shout out to all of our students who wrote and wrote their own song, oh my gosh, and performed it so well. You guys, I, I'm going to say some things that are uh, important, some things that are not important, but I've I got to tell you one thing. I geeked out so much when I got here. My wife and I used to run a children's theater company. So, like, musical theater is in my blood, right? And I saw photos of, like, all the shows you guys did. So we directed Annie Jr. and Peter Pan and Beauty and the Beast, and you guys got Moana going on tomorrow. Like, seriously, I don't want to leave. I just want to hang out with you guys and the amazing things you're doing. How many of you know that the arts are powerful and transformative, right? They really are. And it's so great. And I, so I, I was leading a, a workshop in the music room yesterday, and I was supposed to be talking about leadership development, but I started rifling through sheet music, and I saw, you know, some stuff that you guys are working on and some stuff that your music teacher's working on with students here, and I'm like, can, can we just do this instead? I, I will tell you. I did win a talent show one time with my daughter singing um, I Don't Need Anything But You from Annie. Um, And I sang the Daddy Warbucks part and she sang the Annie part and we were amazing. (laughs) Anyway, the sun will come out tomorrow. We're gonna go down a road that we can't get off if I keep on this. And then I saw Hamilton and I loved it and then I tried to rap and that didn't go well. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a country guy from a, a tiny town. I grew up in a little town called Shandon. Uh, and uh, I was trying to do, I tried to record a rap track for our children's theater program one time. And uh, I laid it down and then I played it back. And it sounded like if Billy Ray Cyrus tried to drop a rap album. Whew, I'm like, oh, this isn't gonna be good for anybody. Anyway, uh, can we pray? I'm just praying that God would touch your heart if you're a part of the online audience, if you're here in the room, that each of us would be touched by Jesus today. Lord, would you move in this place? Would you do all that you desire to do? We ask in Jesus' name. Uh, if I do one thing well today, I want to do this, and it's to say thank you to this church and the amazing volunteers. Um, all of us have been through quite a difficult and challenging 20 months, and it's been challenging for anyone in leadership in any organization, and pastors are no exception. And your church, and your pastors, and your staff, and your volunteers, friends, created a place where pastors got so cared for and refreshed this last week. I'm still getting texts all through yesterday. We encountered the presence of Jesus. We were refreshed. We were encouraged. We ate well. We were loved. Like the Cornerstone family, y'all, y'all really killed it and and served a lot of people. So just so you know, your, your, your church and your team are amazing. 
And what you're doing here is reverberating the lives of so many people. Can you all give it up for all of this amazing leaders and volunteers you got here? Um, I'm going to share... I know, Pastor Joe, you were telling me you're doing this amazing series. Sometimes when you're like, when you're a pastor and other pastors are doing something awesome, you're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? He's been doing a series called Unknown, where he's been kind of exploring some of the lesser known stories of the Bible. And uh, I'm going to do one that's, that's probably a little more well known. I'm going to talk about uh, an episode in the life of, of the Apostle Paul. Uh, but first, I'll just give you a little bit of background. I think I got a photo of my crew, my family somewhere. Um, it, I may or may not. Oh, there they are. So that's the love of my life, Kristen. We've been married for 25 years. She co-pastored with me uh, at Media City Church uh, in Burbank for a long time. Next to her is my youngest, Bella. She's 19. Um, and through the theater company, she got the acting bug. And so now she's, uh, she, her goal is to be a professional actress. She's done a lot of commercial work. Um, Emma is on staff at the church that we just left. And she preached last Sunday. Uh, she's 21. It's just straight fire. She's a better preacher than me. You should probably get her and not me. Um, but she's amazing. And my son, Jeremiah, who's a drummer. Um, I'm always also bad for the drummer sitting over there in that cage. Um, the drummer introduced himself to me uh, at the conference. And I'm like, they let you out? Careful, friends. We got a free-range drummer. Um, and, the, and the boss of the house is that little white Maltese poodle uh, named Vanilla. My wife has had pets named after food her whole life. So she had Pepsi and crackers, and so we got this dog, and we had to name her after food. Um, they are my loves, and they anchor me, and uh, they're the good company that I get to be in. I want to share with you today... I grew up um, in, a, in a Christian home, and I grew up going to church, and I had a youth pastor one time that told me, listen, if you don't drink or do drugs or listen to Ozzy Osbourne, then, <laughs> I remember he told me Ozzy Osbourne was going to be the Antichrist, you know, he, he, he did horrible things, and he's, he's going to be the Antichrist, and then later, like, the Sim, I mean, the, the Osbournes was a reality show on, on TV, and I remember my youth pastor thought Ozzy Osbourne, so we were like, I should probably tune into this to see what the Antichrist is up to. Um, and there was a whole episode, and the basic premise of the episode was Ozzy couldn't find his shoes. And he's shuffling around the house like an old man and saying, Sharon, where's my shoes? And I remember thinking to myself, I, I don't think this poor man is organized enough to be the Antichrist. But you know what was cool about that episode, too, was I remember that the whole family started talking about, you know who's the best neighbor we ever had? Pat Boone. Pat Boone, wonderful Christian man, tends to Foursquare Church, um, recorded a metal album. Just so, or he recorded, he covered with his big band style, he covered metal hits, just so he could hang out with Ozzy Osbourne. And he lived right next door. And, they, and, and, and Christians, boy, they gave him a, a, a real earful. What are you doing hanging out with the Prince of Darkness? But I watched this episode and I saw this family say, you know, we never had a better neighbor. He's the best neighbor we ever had. How many you know the person that other people have given up on that might live next door to you? They're going to know Jesus because you love him real good. Isn't that good news? And boy, if I know anything about Cornerstone, it's you love people really well. Um, anyway, but I, I, I had 
uh, I grew up believing Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. I know the plans I have for you, God says. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. How many know that is true? But I, I misunderstood it early that <clears throat> I would just sail through life trouble-free. How many know that God's plans are good, but there's still some garbage you're going to have to go through, Right? So the goodness of God is not that he keeps us out of all the trouble. It's that he goes through the trouble with us. And so if you're in some trouble today, this message is for you. Uh, if you've been in some trouble before, you're going to like it. Uh, maybe you haven't been through any trouble and life is trouble-free right now. You, you'll probably need this message tomorrow then. Uh, so take some notes because it'll be helpful then. Um, but I, I know that God is so committed. Jesus said, don't, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. We sang about it this morning. There's going to be trials. There's going to be pain. There's going to be difficulty. But Jesus is going to be with us in the pain. How many know your life's not going to be free from conflict? Your life's going to have a lot of adventure. There's going to be a lot of tension. There's going to be a lot of trial sometimes. But God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. But friends, it's okay to acknowledge how painful the valley is sometimes, how dark it is and how scary it is. Sometimes we need to tell the truth about reality because reality is exactly where God promises to meet us. So if you've got something going on in your life right now, today, friends, that is hard, Jesus is with you. Online audience, some of you are out there and you're thinking, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. I want to tell you, Jesus is going to get you through. I want to give you three keys this morning to surviving any storm you face. How many of the storms always come? Smooth sailing, goes for a while. But the book of Acts in chapter, I don't even know what chapter this is in. I should put that in my notes. I think it's 17. Um... Hold on. No, it's about the Apostle Paul getting in a storm. Uh, I believe it's Acts 17, but we're going to look at verse 14. And I'll give it, I'll set it up for you. The Apostle Paul's been arrested for preaching Jesus. Rome didn't like threats, and so Paul's going around saying Jesus is Lord and not Caesar. And that made some folks angry. How many know a new king in town isn't good news for the old king? And so sometimes Jesus dethrones things in our lives. And so Paul's going around preaching Jesus, and so he gets arrested. And he's in a prison transport ship to take him to stand trial before Caesar in Rome. And he tells the owner of the ship and the centurion who's the commanding officer that's transporting him on this prison transport, the owner of the ship and the captain of the ship and the centurion, he tells, and the business owners on the ship, he tells them, friends, we need to not take this journey because it's going to end in disaster. That's kind of like the dude in the orange jumpsuit on the prison transport bus saying, driver, don't take the 405. Bad traffic this time of day. And how many of the drivers are like, I'm not listening to you. But the Apostle Paul speaks up anyway. But he has no power in this situation. So they take the journey anyway. And verse 14 says, before very long, a wind of hurricane force swept down on the island. The ship was caught in the storm. They end up trying to put ropes 
under the ship to hold it together. How many know that's a bad day? When, when the storm is so bad, you tie the ship together with, with ropes. It's not good. Uh, not a good day. Uh, verse 20 says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And after they'd gone a long time without food, it says Paul stood up. So everybody gave up, but Paul stood up. Young people, when others give up, will you stand up? Friends, when others give up, will you stand up? And this is now 14 days into fine storm. I uh, went as a chaperone for my son's school to uh, California. They have everybody do fifth grade science camp. Do you guys have science camp out here? Okay, so they, they make every kid go like look at rocks and stuff. I don't know, whatever. But my son got to do a cool one. He got to go to the Catalina Island Marine Institute. And so we got to sail out of San Pedro with like 650 middle schoolers and chaperones on this boat out to Catalina Island. And I was excited, and I'm hanging out with my seven uh, sixth grade boys. My son was one of them, and we're, we're, we're hanging out, and I'm, I'm just, oh, this is going to be so fun. And the, the, the captain of the boat comes to us just as we're beginning our three-hour tour. What could go wrong? All the young people are like, what are you talking about? I'm old. It's a really old television program. It's fine. We don't need to go there. But anyway, so we're going on this boat. And the captain says, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, uh, we just made a crossing yesterday, uh, and a storm had just blown through the channel. So it was, he says, it's big out there. There's a lot of waves. It's a little rough. There's no rain. It was clear, but the, the swell was just huge. Uh, and he said, you know, we, we, uh, we just need you to know we're going to have to rely on you to help keep the kids calm. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit of seasickness. Um, there's barf bags here, 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 and here. And I'm like, oh, no. Because I don't do motion sickness well. I get more motion sick. Like my family goes to a theme park. We ride all the roller coasters. I'm like, one roller coaster and I'm done for the day. Scrambles my eggs, you know, I go to Disneyland. One time on Space Mountain, I'm like, I'm good. And then I'm like, where's the boats with the singing children? It's a small world. Like, I need something else. Like, I can't do it. So I'm like, I can start getting a little nervous. But I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to hold it together for my boys. Hold it together. I'm, I'm tough. I'm big. <laughs> no problem. We get out of the channel, and the waves are 30 and 40 feet high. Big swells. Rolling this way, and the boat's going that way. So the boat starts doing this action. And I was good for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, <gasps> and then the kid next to me like threw up, and then it was over. It was game over. And it was three and a half hours of horrifying motion sickness. I've prayed for death and for Jesus to come and take me two times in my life. Once when I had food poisoning and once when I was on that boat. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I've had a good run. I'm, I'm going to just take me. I can't. I can't. And, and pretty soon, like about 15 minutes into the journey, all the barf bags were done. And so kids are like coming over to the side, but it's so windy. It's so windy. I was like on the rail, like I'm throwing up and like there's like 15 middle schoolers. I don't even know half these kids, but we're all throwing up at the same time. But the wind's blowing hard this way and the kid at the very end throws up and it just comes all the way down. It hit everybody's faces. (laughs) 
When we finally arrived at the dock in Catalina, we were huddled together. We're all crying. I, I was clustered together with some chaperone from another school. I don't know. Me and this dude are holding each other. And, and there's like 15 middle schoolers, just miserable, all covered in vomit. It was rough. Longest three and a half hours of my life. So after that experience, I read this story different. How many know it hits different when you've had an experience, right? So this is that, but not three and a half hours, 14 days. Friends, 14 days. And grown men, professional sailors, throw everything overboard and they say, we're going to die today. We just know it. We're going to die today. As a matter of fact, Luke, who's a doctor, is on this boat. Luke writes a lot of things about what Paul did and the apostles did in the third person. He said, then, then they did this. In this text, it's always we. Because he's on the boat trying to travel with Paul so he can assist Paul when they get to Rome. So Luke, is, it's all we language. And, and it's vivid. Like the story is very vivid because Luke has got firsthand account of this. And it says, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And in that moment, Paul stands up. And he said, men, you shouldn't. Have, have anybody ever said, I told you so? I don't know how helpful it is, but Paul can't help himself. He says, men, you should have taken my advice. Not to sell from Crete, you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed because last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God. Everybody say, I have faith in God. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. You skip down to verse 33. It says, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he says, you've been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You know those big 40-foot waves that were rolling through? It was like one would roll through, and then you'd catch your breath. And about 40 seconds later, another one would roll through. Imagine that for 14 days, constant suspense. You're hanging, you're hanging on for dear life. And then you take a deep breath and you say, this is the wave that's going to kill me. I know it. This is the wave that's going to take me. And then it passes. Spray comes over the side. You exhale. You look at your friend. 19, 18, 17. And then comes the next one. This is the one that's going to kill me. 14 days of that. Have you ever been through a season like that in your life? It's hard right now. This is the thing that's going to take me. Am I going to live through this cumulative treatment? Am I going to make it through this season in my marriage where my husband's been abusive? Am I going to make it through what's happening with my family and my children? Am I going to recover from the stupid thing that I've done that keeps costing me in new ways every time. How many know Jesus loves you when you get stupid on you? Right? Lived in constant suspense. But Paul says, I urge you to take some food. You're going to need it to survive. You've got to be strong because we're swimming to the beach in the morning. 
Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. And after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And he broke it, and they began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate some food. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. Question at the heart of this message is, when others give up, will you stand up? When the storm's been so bad and going on for so long and everybody else around you has given up hope, will you find the strength to continue? And will you be able to provide strength and leadership for the people that are around you? What's odd to me in this moment is the strength and the leadership in this moment doesn't come from the captain of the boat, the owner of the boat, the business leaders on the boat, the professional sailors on the boat, or the centurion who's in charge of the prison transport. The leadership in this moment comes from the dude in the orange jumpsuit. How many know you don't have to have position to be the most important leader on the boat? You might not be the boss at your work. You may have more influence than you know. You might be the youngest person, the youngest member of your household. You may have more ability to lead and to affect change than you know. Paul has no positional authority here, but still God uses him in a powerful way. Three things I want to say, friends. Keys to surviving any storm you face. The first one is this. First, find God. Last night he says, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood behind me. How many know no matter how bad the storm is, no matter how long it's been going on, God didn't abandon you there. He's in that mess with you, friends. Some of you are in real painful mess right now. Real painful mess. And you're like, where's God? Where is he? It's not just been a minute. I've been living in constant suspense and pain and difficulty and trial, fearing for my life. Two weeks of this. Where is he? The beginning of the creation story, it says the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the surface of the deep, but the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. You may be in a dark, difficult season right now, but I promise you God is with you, friends. I promise you. He may not act as fast as you want him to act. He may not speak as soon as you want him to speak. I've got crazy stories, you guys. I've got such crazy stories of God doing amazing things, right? I remember one time I was in high school, and this guy named Steve showed up at church, and he had jumped off the bleachers at Rigetti High School in Santa Maria, and he had broken like three bones in his foot. And uh, it, it wasn't a, the, the specialist he needed to see wasn't available. So they put him on, they wrapped his foot, put him on pain medicine, sent him home, and somebody brought him to a Bible study. He didn't know Jesus at all, never been to church. And we're all sitting around, and somebody dragged him into this Bible study that I was leading. I was 17. I don't know why they were letting me lead stuff, but how many know, sometimes when you don't know anything, teenagers are great because they're too dumb to doubt. They just read the Bible, and they're like, oh, God does cool stuff. Sweet. Let's pray for that. So we're doing the Bible study, and somebody said, we should pray for Steve. Uh, and then I felt guilty. I was like, we, we let him sit there and suffer through the whole Bible study. And somebody said, oh, we should pray for Steve. And you know, like, when you pray because it's the right thing to do, not because you have any faith. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, everybody just play, pray polite prayers. Lord Jesus, please help this thou, our brother Steve, in his suffering. Help him get through this until he can see the doctor tomorrow. But the problem is these dumb teenagers in my small group are like, God, heal Steve's foot. And I'm like, oh, just play a polite prayer. That way nobody gets let down. We can be polite. We can go. It's a lunchtime, friends. Let's go. 
And I didn't want to explain to these guys why the miracle didn't happen. And then one by one, all these crazy teenagers, some of them, like, have been saved five minutes. One of them used the F word. Jesus, you are so effing great. He'll stay foot. I'm like, you ruined it. You ruined it. You just, you, you offended the spirit. We're done. No miracles to be had today, friends. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. Not, oh. my, my grandmother, if she was here, my Lord. And then the next kid prayed, and the next kid prayed, and the next kid prayed. They're all irreverent prayers of an audacious faith. And somebody laid their hand, and then, and then my cousin prayed. My cousin Nate was there, and he, he put his hands on, and he said, I command the bones in this foot to mend. I command the swelling to go down. It's like the, and the environment just changed. And Steve stood up, and he started jumping up and down. And I'm like, bro, sit down. You're making it worse. Didn't you listen to the doctor? And he starts screaming, I can feel the bones in my foot moving back together. We all freaked out. He went to the doctor the next day, and the doctor pulled out his x-rays and looked at Steve's foot, and, and Steve just said, yeah, God healed my foot. And the doctor said, <laughs> dumb kid. And he pulled out the x-rays, and he looked at Steve's foot and goes, yeah, well, yeah you, this is a miracle. I don't understand. So he left the doctor's office, and he found a little Baptist church. He'd never been to church before. So he found this little Baptist church and he went in and found the secretary with the horn rimmed glasses. And he said, so yeah, God healed my foot. Now what should I do? And she's like, there's a four score church down the street. You should probably go there. And he did. He didn't know that that's the church we all attended. He graduated from high school, joined YWAM, Spent 15 years in India with Bengali Muslims leading thousands of people to Christ through a healing ministry. How many know somebody thinks when they're praying to Allah, right? Yeah, come on, come on. So I got to tell you, I've seen Jesus do amazing things. I've had more than my share of miracles, friends. So it, it always makes me a little bit confused when Jesus doesn't do those kind of miracles all the time. Paul had seen crazy miracles in his life. You know Paul was on that boat and Luke was on that boat saying, Jesus, like, you calmed a storm before. We know the story. You, you were in a storm and they woke you up and you immediately spoke and you calmed it. Where is that, Jesus? And he lets it go on for 14 days. Friends, I don't understand why in the economy of God we see some miracles happen fast and some miracles take a lot longer. I have no answers for you, but I can tell you that God is with you in your storm. I've been so angry with God, friends. I've been angry. I know he does miracles, and I don't know why he does them when, they, when he does them, and I don't know why he doesn't show up sometimes when I'm in a lot of pain and things are really hard. But how many of you know he's always there? He's never not there with you. If you're in a storm, he's in the storm with you. So I want to tell you, find God. Find him. Find him. He is there. Begin to lean into him. In the pain, begin to lean into God. First, find God. Second, focus your faith. Anybody, like, uh, what, what is it? my kids, like, all their friends are like, yeah, good vibes only. Hashtag good vibes. Right? Good vibes. You know, I've, sometimes I've, I've seen, like, my atheist friends, like somebody, a, a mutual friend. I got a lot of atheist friends. Uh, but a mutual friend will post something, hey, I'm going through something really hard right now. And they're like, you know, sending you good thoughts. 
Good thoughts. I need a miracle. I don't need your good thoughts. Positive vibes, sending you warm energy. How many know general positivity is not enough when you're in a crisis? Right? Just look on the sunny side. Buck up, son. It's going to be okay. How do you know it will be okay? People die horrible deaths all the time. I don't need general positivity or warm feelings. I need a faith that's focused on something real. Don't just be generally positive. Have faith in God. Have faith in God's word. Go back to the last thing God said to you. Get your Bible out when you're in your crisis and hear an actual word from God. Focus your faith on an actual word from God, friends. That's what Paul does. He says, listen, I heard from God. God told me you will stand before Caesar. And you're going to have the lives of the people that travel with you. Focus your faith on something good, something real. I mean, I love Oprah as much as the next guy. And you get a car. And you get a car. That's fun. Right? General positive energy, though, is not enough. The sun will come out to my... Will it? It's been 14 days. No sun. Focus your faith on a word from God. Let me quickly say this. Paul says, we shouldn't have taken this journey, but now, here we are. Everybody say, but now. Anybody ever wish you had a time machine? One of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. Like, I'm a huge Back to the Future geek. I can quote it. I just, if, if Doc Brown, with a big hair, Marty, we're going back to the future. I love the whole thing. I love it. I love it. Your pastor has serious Doc Brown energy, and I'm so here for it. Like, I want to get, like, a vest and a time machine and go on adventures with him. Like, that would be, like, that's, that, if, if we could do that, that would make my whole life complete. It would be incredible. I, I just, that would be so good. Right? But if I had a time machine, I would go back and undo some of the stupid things I did. What would you go back in history and change? I'd go back to last week and not say that mean thing I said to my wife. Anybody ever get stupid on you? Wish you could undo it. How many of none of us has control over the past? Nonetheless, here we are and God is faithful. Paul had no control. So I, I would go back and change the stupid I did. Would you maybe go back and change the stupid somebody did to you? Some of you have been real hurt by your parents. If only my dad hadn't been an alcoholic. If only I'd had better opportunities, if only I hadn't been fired from that job, if only my husband hadn't cheated on me, if only, if only, if only, if only that business startup that I put all the eggs in that basket had, had, had gone a little bit differently. And Paul says, you know what, I got zero control over the past, but I'm going to tell you, friends, God is faithful now. Don't live in a victim mentality of what happened to you before. I'm not saying what happened wasn't bad. It was horrible, and it was wrong, and it shouldn't have happened, and people did stuff to you that was not right. Own it. Own it and say, God, this is not okay. But here we are. Nonetheless, we're here. None of us have that time machine. I want that DeLorean. I would drive it around even if it doesn't travel through time. It is a sweet car. But none of us have that time machine. Nonetheless, God's going to be faithful to us. Everybody say, find God. Say, focus your faith. Last one, feed everyone. 
Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Not one of you is going to lose a single hair from your head. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. How many know the, the most powerful leader in the room isn't necessarily the one who's in charge? It's the one who's actually caring for the people on the boat. One thing I love about Cornerstone Church, you've got a bunch of caring people here. Look out for one another. Sometimes I need a sermon. Sometimes I do need a sermon. But sometimes I need a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? People in your life, you know, parents, sometimes, you're, sometimes your kids do need a sermon. They need, they need a, talk, a good talking to. Other times they just... You ever have a toddler have a meltdown? A three-year-old has a meltdown. You're like, now listen here, Johnny. No, you don't. You don't sit there and try to reason with a toddler having a meltdown. You're like, take a nap. Have some goldfish crackers. Take a nap. Right? Changes everything. Kid wakes up and they're like, oh, right is rain again, right? The real leaders in the room are the ones that care for anyone. So here's three questions I want to ask us today as we close, and they're this. First of all, what does it mean for you to find God in your storm? Would you close your eyes with me as I close? I want to let this just kind of come home to us. What does it mean to find God in your storm? And I want you to just take a moment and right where you are, as the worship team comes back up, right where you are, I just want you to ask God, would, would you meet me in the midst of the difficulty right now? And would you say this to Jesus? Jesus, I thank you that even if you haven't revealed yourself to me yet, you haven't told me what you're doing yet, I just thank you that I know you're here and that I'm not alone in this mess. I'm not alone in the difficulty. If you're here today and you've never said yes to following Jesus, yes to the saving power of Jesus, you need to say yes today. Any of the folks that were up on this platform earlier, pastors and worship team, or you can grab any one of these folks, grab Pastor Joe, Pastor Greg, and just say, hey, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. And I'll walk with you. And you're in a great church, friends. They'll walk with you. Online audience, say yes to Jesus today. He's with you in your storm. Secondly, you're going to need an anchor point. You're going to need a real word from God. Get hungry for the word of God. Begin to scour the scriptures for what God would have to say to you, friends. Because you don't want a general and vague faith. You want to have a faith that's focused on a real word. And last, there's a whole lot of mess going on in your life, a whole lot of mess going on in your world, and you can't fix it, and you can't control it, and you can't make it different, and you can't change the past. But I'll bet you anything that before the day is over, there's someone you can serve, and someone you can love, and someone you can feed, and someone you can care for, someone you can let them know that they matter. In your busy, fast-paced life, as you're rushing through stuff, trying to accomplish your goals, there's somebody in pain standing next to you in that line. Somebody in pain maybe living under the same roof as you. Maybe somebody who's going through a hard time sitting in the same row as you. And real leadership isn't being in charge. It's making sure everybody gets cared for. Altogether, there were 276 people on board. True leadership says we're not losing anybody today. We're not losing anyone. We're not leaving anybody behind. No one drowns on my watch. 
No one's life is lost because I've got a promise from God. I'm fighting for my kids. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for the people in my neighborhood to know Jesus. We're not leaving anybody behind today, friends. We're all going to get there together. We're all going to get there. And you need some strength. Let me, let me share the hope I have with you because God spoke to me. God gave me a promise. You need some strength. Here's something to eat. Who's in your boat that God's called you to feed? Lord Jesus, would you speak to us today? Show us what this word means for us, we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, You can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with friends, share it with family. Help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.